Hi, this is Bill Woods up here in Sun Valley, Arizona, and I thought I would make my weekly call on you. If I was still in the uh, active pastorate, I would be calling on your home and all. And I, I just wanted to share some ideas today. I know that everybody's kind of keyed up over the election and wondering what's going to happen between uh, Trump and Biden and all. And I hope you're praying about it. I hope that you're asking God for his direction. You know, God's involved, very much involved in what's going on. Romans chapter 13, verse uh, 1, New King James Version says, Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. I remember reading about George Bernard Shaw, who said, Democracy is a device that ensures we shall be governed no better than we deserve. And Daniel in the in the Bible kind of verifies that. He says in Daniel chapter 2, verses 20 and 21, Let the name of God be blessed forever and ever, for wisdom and power belong to him. And it is he who changes the times and the epochs. He removes kings and establishes kings. He gives wisdom to the wise men and knowledge to men of understanding. That's the New American Bible, Standard Bible that says that. You know, God gives us good government when we deserve it, and he gives us bad government when we deserve that. Ultimately, he gives us what we demand. He gives us what we think we want, as soon as this, uh, as seen in the story about Israel demanding a king in 1 Samuel chapter 8, verses 4 through 22. I would remind you that the people came Samuel was getting old. They didn't like his sons. They didn't want them to govern over them. And so they began to holler that they wanted a king. And Samuel said, well, God has been your king. God has been leading you. And they said, no, we want a king like the nations around us have. And uh, Samuel went before God and, and God said to Samuel, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me. And so go ahead and hear what they have to say. And uh, ultimately, they, God said, okay, go ahead and get a king, but it's going to cost you. It's going to do a lot of different things. Raise your taxes and uh, take your children and put them in the army and all these different things. He'll take part of your, your fields and he'll take uh, part of your crops and he'll charge you all this kind of money. But they still said, we want a king. They wouldn't listen. And so God said to Samuel, go ahead give them a king. And uh, when they did, they got Saul. And Saul at first looked like he'd be a good king, but he turned out to be a very corrupt king. And I believe the people repented because of the fact that they had made this rash decision against what God really wanted for them. I found a classic illustration that was written over 25 years ago using Aesop's story of the ant and the grasshopper. And I've updated it for our current times and thought it appropriate to use during this election period. The only thing I claim credit for is adding up-to-date names. This is something that I had read and I don't want to be accused of plagiarism, so I'm acknowledging right now that uh, I, this is an illustration that came about 25 years ago. It's about the ant and the grasshopper in the modern version. First, I need to tell you the classic version. The ant works hard in the withering heat all summer long, building his house and laying up supplies for the winter. 
The grasshopper thinks he's a fool and laughs and dances and plays the summer away. Come winter, the ant is warm and well-fed. The grasshopper has no food or shelter, so he dies out in the cold. Well, now, this is the modern version that I read. It says, the ant works hard in the withering heat all summer long, building his house, laying up supplies for the winter. The grasshopper thinks he's a fool and laughs and dances and plays the summer away. Come winter, the shivering grasshopper calls a press conference and demands to know why the ant should be allowed to be warm and well-fed while others are cold and starving. CBS, CNN, NBC, and ABC show up to provide pictures of the shivering grasshopper next to a video of the ant in his comfortable home with a table filled with food. America and the world is stunned by the sharp contrast. How can it be that in a country of such wealth, this poor grasshopper is allowed to suffer so? Then a representative of the NAAGB, or the National Association of Green Bugs, shows up on Nightline and charges the ant with green bias, and makes the case that the grasshopper is the victim of 30 million years of greenism. Kermit the Frog appears on Oprah, with the grasshopper, and everybody cries when he sings it's not easy being green. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris make a special guest appearance on the CBS Evening News to tell a concerned David Moore that they will do everything they can for the grasshopper, who has been denied the prosperity he deserves by those who benefited unfairly during the Trump summers or as Biden refers to it, the temperatures of the 2020s. Chuck Schumer exclaims in an interview with Nora O'Donnell that the ant has gotten rich off the back of the grasshopper and calls for an immediate tax hike on the ant to make him pay his fair share. Finally, the EEOC drafts the Economic Equity and Anti-Greenism Act. Retroactive to the beginning of the summer, the ant was fined for failing to hire a proportionate number of green bugs and having nothing left to pay his retroactive taxes, his home is confiscated by the government. The story ends as we see the grasshopper finishing up the last bits of the ant's food while the government house he's in, which just happens to be the ant's old house, crumbles around him since he doesn't know how to maintain it. The ant has disappeared in the snow and on the TV, which the grasshopper bought by selling most of the ants' food, they are showing Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez standing before a wildly applauding group of compatriots announcing the new era of fairness has dawned in America. You know, we who are voting about our nation's future need to spend time in prayer seeking God's guidance as how to vote. A lot is riding on the outcome of this election. You need to take seriously how you think God would have you vote. Some have called this the most important election of our lifetime. Voting is a privilege that we Americans have, and we shouldn't take it for granted. We thank God and all the heroes that have sacrificed and shed their blood and laid down their lives to ensure our freedom to vote and express our opinions at the polls. Don't let what has been handed to us through the price our patriots have paid be wasted. Exercise your right to vote while you still have the right. I understand some of you have already voted, 
you who have not, make sure that you are doing, uh, checking in with God how he would have you vote. We say, God bless America. Well, we will either have the government we want or the government we deserve. The only way we can assure that God will bless America is if America turns back to God. I'm not telling you how to vote, but I'm asking you to seek God's guidance in exercising that right and vote accordingly. We read in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. This is from the King James Version. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. There is certainly a need for God to heal our land today and bring us back to being the United States of America. And I would challenge Christians all across this country, begin to pray, begin to repent for the sins of our nation, begin to seek God's will. We are in a very precarious position right now where our nation, it cannot go on much longer in the route we've taken. We need to turn back to God. And I believe it's Christians in the church that need to turn us back to God. I, I My prayer is that the pastors, the preachers, the evangelists, the Christians across this nation will begin to stand on the word of God, preach the word of God, quit the compromise, quit watering things down, and let's turn back to God and save this nation again. I, I'm praying that God will help you as you vote, that you will know who you're supposed to vote for. Let's have a word of prayer. Dear Father, we thank you so much for this United States of America, for the blessings that we have taken for granted for so long. We look and we see that there are termites gnawing at the, the very foundation of our nation. And Lord, we're at a very critical time right now. And we look at prophecy and we see that things are going to change drastically before long. And I'd ask God that you'll help each one of us as Christians to shore up our, our lives that we might glorify you. And Lord, those who don't know you as their personal Savior, I pray that they'll realize they need to turn back to God and ask for his blessing, not only in their lives, but on this nation. We just ask Jesus that once again, you'll establish this nation as the United States of America and you'll help with all the unrest and all the division that's going on that we might be unified in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, and we, we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, if you want to get a hold of me, my email address is lowercase r-e-v-w-m-w-w-o-o-d-s at gmail.com. That would stand for Reverend William W. Woods at gmail.com. Or you can write me if you want to at box 4031, Sun Valley, Arizona, 86029. God bless you. I'm excited about what God is going to do in this election. And I hope that you'll seek his will and do as he wants you to do too. God bless you. See you next week.